0: The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to fanduel.com slash bluewire and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash bluewire to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com/sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: Oh, welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. Wednesday live chat this week's ATT Byron Nelson. Also, those uh Pesky PGA championship salaries have been released. Maybe we can talk a little bit about those at some point. But the next hour or so is your time, whatever you want. Ownership, movies, pivots, DFS plays, long shots. I don't care. Time's yours. Uh Get your questions, comments, concerns in the chat right now. We are indeed presented by the homies over at Jock Market. Talk more about them in just a little bit. I've been updating the tools on rickrungood.com for Jock Market and uh, getting some more information in there. We're going to have a power hour tonight, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time, same place, Rick Run Good YouTube channel Joe Idoni and myself are going to go through the entire market, but let's get into it. Uh, no good comics, uh, with a can says, Hey Rick, what are some of the lower owned golfers in the nine K range and up any pivots that you feel good about? Also, did you see Dr. Strange over the weekend? Thanks for the content. Uh, no, I did not see it, but it is on my list. Armina, not a big, not a big superhero Type movie. So I'll have to watch that one. I'll have to watch that one by myself. I tried to get her to watch Endgame. She would not watch it with me under any circumstance. Uh, 9K golfers and above, low owned. So here is the cheat sheet at rickrungood.com. And uh, you should subscribe. That's what you should do. Here we go. So the lowest owned guys, uh, under over 9K, I have right now Dustin Johnson, 10.4. Hideki at 14, Xander at 13, Tommy Fleetwood at 12. Uh, The two guys right there, Xander and Hideki are to me, X factors. You know, uh, Hideki, when he's healthy, he's been awesome. And this should be a really good spot for him. And then Xander is just completely flying in under the radar. Nobody cares about the guy. Won the Zurich Classic with Patrick Cantlay last time we saw him. You can have all the narratives that you want around victory and all that fun stuff, but A $9,700 low-owned Xander Shoffley is uh, pretty compelling, right? Pretty compelling. You want to talk about Birdie Fest with Big Greens? Um, He's won the Tournament of Champions, right? Birdie Fest with Big Greens. I mean, I I think that he's probably the most compelling option of of the $9,000 guys. Pretty high up in my one and done. Who's the better play, Burns or Neiman? Neiman. It's probably Burns. Uh, I don't think you have to get too cute here, right? He played well at the Zurich. He won at the uh, Valero. He finished runner-up here last year, the only one year worth of data that we have. I believe he is uh, a fairly high upside golfer. I think the range of outcomes for for Neiman is probably a bit wider. I'm pretty bullish on both of them this week, but I think if you're looking for front-running ability, you don't care about much else. Uh, I think you have to go with Sam Burns here. Whoa, we are three questions in, and we're already getting a question from Biggie Balls. Can you do a deep dive, wow, on Seth Reeves? I saw him at 1,400 to one somewhere, so I put a bit on it since I know he's a pretty long hitter, but I don't know much about him. Hopefully, you can tell me more. Uh, We are going to put the Rick (laughs) Rungood golf database to the test here. Let's see how many rounds I have on him. Okay, wow. I have 238 rounds on him. I have 238 rounds on Seth Reeves. Let's see. Yeah, Uh, so you're right. So I scrolled past his stats here, but uh, his weapon is the driver. So 52nd in driving distance. He actually gains off the tee in a big way. He loses everywhere else. Lost seven and a half strokes on approach and Mexico. That should have been a pretty good spot for him. Lost five at Valero uh boy this is pretty ugly stuff there's a reason he's 1400 to one I I worry that uh no matter how far you hit it you're not necessarily going to be able to overcome the rest of this game and he just went to a place at Vedanta which is similarly generous off the tstPC Craig Ranch and a much easier field and missed the cut there that would be a lot of a lot of concern for me, Biggie Balls. Hey, Rick, uh, give me your thoughts on Vegas. Oh, well, it's a pretty good city to live in. Oh, Johnny Vegas. Haha, <laughs> see what I did there? I know he had surgery and then he was so good on approach last week, but bad off the tee. Uh, yeah, so Mike, so those are those are related, right? The fact that he was worse off the tee than normal uh, allows him to gain as many strokes as he did on approach, right. So basically, the idea here is you lose five and a half off the tee, you put yourself in a lot of really awkward positions. Greg Ducharme is calling me right now. Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that be really good if I just answered that right now during the live chat and, and brought him on? I don't know. I don't know if we're ready for that. Um, well, so so Vegas sprays it off the tee, and then he hit a lot of really good second shots because he was out of position, gave him an opportunity to gain even more strokes. I, I'm I like Vegas, right? He had the top ten here last year. He had, um, uh, he's always been a very good off the tee player. Like that 5.7 that he lost at the Wells Fargo Championship. That's probably one of the worst of his career. Let's look. Yeah, by far the worst of his career. So that's pretty much an anomaly. I'm I'm happy to roll Johnny Vegas right back out there again. Low 7K range looks ripe. Can you rank, Kittyama Pan, Nismith, Kazire. Sure. I would probably go. Kitiyama, Kazire Pan, Neesmith, I think they're all fair. Uh, Kitiyama might be a legitimate top 10 threat a lot of weeks. This is a difficult uh, field, a deep, strong field, but he might be a real top 10 threat more often than not. Pan's been great. Neesmith has always been this great approach player, but it's not always really turned into a bunch of results. And then Kazire, uh, very good fantasy player. He can rattle off streaks. He can make an eagle. He he makes more birdies uh, and then offsets them with bogeys, but that's okay in fantasy scoring. So I, I don't mind that one single bit. Good afternoon, Rick. I haven't really heard anything about Adam Scott this week, and he seems to be a good course fit, especially for an outright bet. Thoughts on that? Um, I don't know how great of a course fit he is. I, I probably agree that if like you're, if you really want exposure to him, you should probably just bet him out, right? Like that's that's fine. If everything clicks, I think he'd be okay. Um, I'll tell you what, maybe he is a pretty good fit. He's act, excuse me, he's inaccurate off the tee, but much longer than you would expect. Let me sort this by recent form here struggled in the ball striking okay so I, I mean this is probably better than i thought the the place that he loses consistently is around the green which they're not difficult spots around the green you shouldn't be playing from around the green you should be playing from the green uh greens are very very easy to hit if we give him a pass at the Masters which honestly I think you know his results at the Masters since he won were not that good let's see Pretty deep into this now. Yeah, I mean, he hadn't had a bunch of good results at Augusta National since his victory, so it's not super unusual for him to to struggle there. And then otherwise, it's been pretty good. Okay, you've convinced me. Uh, I'm I'm certainly higher, Scott, on, on Adam Scott now than I was 10 seconds ago. Hey, Rick, appreciate your weekly content. Who is the one guy that you would target between 7,800 and 7,500? 7, Seems like a lot of decent guys in this range. Okay, we'll go back to the cheat sheet here. 75 to... 78. So basically Kevin Kisner to Mark Leishman, uh, the top. Okay. So Leishman, McNeely, Lonto, uh, they're probably the big three for me. Leishman gets to go to a course where he can spray it wherever he wants. McNeely. I'm just super bullish on in general. And then Lonto to go with back to back top 15s at two courses like Vedanta and, uh, TPC Potomac that are so different. And to do it in a way that was pretty inspiring for Lonto, that's good. And again, he's one of those guys that consistently loses around the green. If he uh you know, if he's tapping into that, he's screwed anyway. So so I'm not worried too much about it. So those are probably the big three for me. Is Taron worth a look? Callum, Taron, worth a look in the $6,000 range. Got off to a really good start last week, right? I think he was uh, one shot off the lead after Thursday's uh, opening round uh, and then kind of faded over the course of uh, the next few days. Ended up finishing T56. By the week's end, he was only gaining with the putter, which is kind of a normal story for him. He's played okay on the corn ferries, got a T5 in Puerto Rico. I would not be staring at this set of results and saying it's really, really good. He's got four cuts in. he's made four cuts in a row. I suppose that's probably one of the better stretches that we've seen from him this year. Um, he'd have to be really cheap. How cheap is he? He'd have to be like 6,300 bucks. He's 64. It's close. I don't know what his upside is, but if you're just looking for somebody to make the cut, Nick, it might not be bad. <clears throat> Lonto, Mitchell, Munez, or Leishman without knowing what the scoring system is or what you're looking for, your risk tolerance. Leishman. Hey, Rick, great job as usual by you and Andy this week. Thank you. I'm torn between Will, I assume that's Zal Torres, and Sam Burns. Can you head-to-head them and give the give us your thoughts? Yeah, so let me pull up the head-to-head matchup tool here while I while I do this. So um I think they're both very much kind of like the modern golfer, right? I've talked about that with Sam Burns a lot. And I think that Will Zalatoris, once he starts to figure out the putter a little bit, and he honestly has uh, in recent weeks, he's going to be super, super dangerous. So I like both of these guys. If you look at the head-to-head matchup tool, which uh, I've got to zoom in on this, but uh, I've got Will Zalatoris winning a head-to-head matchup 60% of the time. He's minus 150. That does not remove the juice or anything like that. And I imagine it is uh, a lot based on the approach play that is critical this week around TPC Craig ranch. It's not that Sam Burns is a bad approach player, but Zaltors is basically second to only Justin Thomas at when you start looking at significant ranges of uh, rounds. Bobby Whalen says is Luke list rounding back into ball striking form. Seems like a good course for him. And I haven't heard much hype. Uh, I tend to agree with this. I tend to agree that it could be a Luke List kind of week. Let's pull him up here. Uh, the good thing about Luke List is that he's always on brand, like, we know what we're going to get. He's going to hit the ball well off the tee. He's going to hit it on approach. He had this little kind of down slumpy thing here for four weeks from the players to the masters, but now it looks like he's right back to normal and he's always going to be a horrible putter. That's what he's going to do. So, um, is always very on brand. If you want to take the chance that this is the one out of 12 weeks that he is a zero putter, he probably finishes inside the top 10. If he does what he did at farmers and he gains 3.7, he probably wins. Like that's, That's the story. So um, the good news is Luke list is always on brand. You're just kind of hoping to find the pop week. Hey, Rick, love the content. Uh, Can you rank these three golfers? Oh, this is a good question. In 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 terms of safety, making the cut and upside. Wise, Hadwin, McNeely. Uh, I think Hadwin's probably the safest, right? He's been really, really good for now, a five month stretch, and he's doing it in ways that are super sustainable and also still leaning into his, uh, strength DNA, which is the putter. So I think he's probably the safest. I think wise is probably the highest upside guy, right? When you are elite at something like he is from T to green and you are, it's kind of the Luke list model, right? It's like, just, just gain three strokes, putting. Gain three strokes putting, you probably win the golf tournament. So there's a lot of juice to still squeeze out of Aaron Wise. So I, I think he's probably the ceiling guy. Hey, Rick, good stuff as always. Uh, Andy mentioned Dylan Fertelli on his pod, and I'm curious your take trying to distinguish between him, CT Pan, and Kurt Kitayama. Yeah, so uh, it's funny you bring that up. It's a perfect time, Joe. Joe. So okay, uh, well, let me show you Fertelli's. Let me show you Fratelli's thing here first, and then we'll we'll dive into all this good stuff. I, I think there are, um, few ways to get access to Dylan fertelli in which he might be valuable. So he has gained strokes on approach in what is that six out of seven, but it's really only returned two top twenties, uh, a, a T eight at Valero, a T 16 at the Honda, the putter comes and goes, that's fine. Th- this makeup, a guy that even when he plays well, you wonder what the upside is, but he's not going to kill you. This makeup is not a, a, a great guy to invest in because most of our options are outrights and top fives and top tens and top twenties. It's like, well, he doesn't catch that often enough or it's uh, matchups. And It's like, well, a lot of books aren't even going to offer Fratelli matchups. The jock market, which this is the perfect time to do it. Uh, I want to show you something. So if you go to the jock market data, and you go to the leaderboards and you go to the last 10 starts for everybody and how many markets they've profited in, Dylan Fratelli's is a huge winner. Dylan Fratelli is returning a 37% ROI uh, over his last 10 starts. His average IPO is 309. His average payout is $4.38 a share. This is stock market DFS. This is the only kind of market where Dylan Fratelli can finish T 32nd and make you money. Cause the whole idea is he just needs to outperform his expectation. His IPO price is his expectation. And then every, uh, every position on the leaderboard has a guaranteed payout. So he just has to beat expectation and he's crushing it, right? 37% ROI. It's better than Justin Thomas's ROI and Pat and Cassire's, and Peter Malnati's. And it's just, it's just really, really good. So that's, that's what I love about the jock market is that you can get access to basically everybody in the field. Uh, all 156 golfers are legitimate options and that helps for guys like us. So stock market TFS, you can buy, sell short shares of athletes, not just golfers. They just added NASCAR, which is kind of cool. Um, it, it's, 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 it's awesome. And if you use the code Rick, you can get a, a deposit match. Joe, Idonia and myself. We're going to do a power hour tonight where we'll walk you through the final stages of the IPO. It's at 8:15 PM Eastern time. It, it's, it's really just the best for something like that. Can you run through the ownership, please? Thanks as always. Um, sure. So I, I think Sam Burns, I think Scotty Scheffel, I think JT, I think Zal Torres are probably the highest owned golfers. You'll see some love for Gooch and for Hadwin and for McNeely. And those would probably be the notables there. Uh, keep healing, keep hearing conflicting arguments with Sam wise played well in Mexico and a similar driving course here at Byron is wise, a wise player spend down on someone like Noren. I'm probably too deep into the Aaron wise stuff at this point, Joe. It's just like, I've bet him so much this week. I see the good. I'm waiting for the pop. I'm probably not the right guy to answer this question, but it should. I think this is going to be, a second shot course, uh, and a course that will ask you to avoid three putts, which I do worry a little bit about Aaron wise, and also, uh, hopefully make a lot of birdies, which I do worry about Aaron wise, right? Cause making a lot of birdies usually means you have to make a lot of putts. Now I don't think it's going to be 25 under, like we saw last year, but if it's 20, what if it's 18? Um, I like what he's up to. Can he actually win? I don't know. Uh I think I answered that one already. What are you where are you on these three golfers? DJ Speeth, Hideki, rank them out. And then from an ownership perspective, well, as well, Speeth is close to 20%, Hideki near 15, DJ 11. I would have loved Speeth if Speeth was like 12%. Uh the fact that he's 20 has given me a little bit of hesitancy, but I mentioned it earlier, like when you're talking about ceiling opportunities There is a lot of untapped ceiling for Jordan Spieth right now. When you are losing as many strokes as he is with the putter, which should be one of the best parts of his game, I'm actually optimistic about that. Uh, So I'm quite bullish on him. Uh, Hideki is just like, are you comfortable playing a guy that might withdraw after the first round? I I, I probably am, right? I'm a glutton. I think this is a pretty good spot for him. And then DJ... um, DJ, even at that ownership, even at 11%, I'm like a five out of 10. I think it's fine. If you want to roster it, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk you out of it. I think that there are maybe some more compelling options of just skipping the entire $10,000 range and starting in the 9k range, but uh, I'm certainly not going to bother you if you want to play uh speed there. Thoughts on Tom Hoagie, generally strong in strokes gain approach and hasn't been in top form the last couple of months. Yeah. We kind of see this sometimes, don't we? Don't so we see this, Brian? Um, let's check out Hoagie because I imagine he cooled off a bit after the victory, which is not entirely uncommon. Let me uh let me get down to Hoagie here. Yeah. Okay, well, he followed up the win with another good finish and then has kind of teetered off since then. And You're right to point out the fact that he is losing in the ball striking categories is kind of concerning, right? I hate it when guys lose the best part of their game. Now, Spieth is different because he's winning without the best part of his game. When you lose the best part of your game and you finish 58th and 39th and miss the cut twice, oh boy, that's a little bit scary. So I'll I'll probably take a wait and see approach on Tom Hoagie. But the second he gives us, you know, two good starts, who was it that we talked about earlier that just like, uh, maybe it was Luke List. Just like that, like, just give me like one start. That's all I'm gonna need to see, but I'm gonna need to see something. Uh, Grayson Sig or Danny Willett without knowing anything. Grayson Sig, hey Rick, thanks for all the content. Who do you think are a few mispriced guys on DraftKings this week? Any particular strategies that you consistently use when playing single entry contests? Um, well, I would say for single entries, the ownership is always a bit more polarized, the chalky guys are usually chalkier. Uh, So I I tend to avoid them uh, a little bit more often, and then I leave you know a couple hundred bucks on the table. But every every week is different. Few mispriced guys. Uh, I thought the pricing was pretty fair this week, but let's see. I mean, Gooch might be uh, pretty mispriced at eighty six hundred bucks. You know, has already won this season. This should be one of the best spots for him. I just think it's it's quite overlooked because the last time we saw him as an individual was the masters and he played great there. So I I just think that there's a lot of, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe there is a better sentiment than I think because he's 20% projected ownership. Otherwise um, I'll tell you what, Jason day is kind of interesting because Jason day, like if you flipped his rounds from last week where he would have, where if he played the third round first then the fourth, then the first and second, he would be like the most popular option this week. But because he played them in the other order, uh, he's not popular at all. Five and a half percent. I would not mind going back there. Hey, Rick, thinking about Siwoo this week, do you have any read on if he leaves breadcrumbs before his pop weeks? Oh. I don't know the answer to that. Let's find out. We can find out together here, Chris. Does he leave breadcrumbs before the pop weeks? Why am I zoomed out or zoomed in? There we go. There we go. My browser was all screwed up. Okay, let's try this. Um all right, so let's find his pop weeks first of all. I guess we'd call T2. Well, no, that's not going to That's not going to help with the breadcrumb con- uh, conversation. Um played well before his win there. Missed the cut there before his top five, T61 before his T4, back-to-back T4 is there, but before the first one, he missed the cut. I'm just I'm just kind of randomly looking through. I I I don't believe there's a ton of breadcrumbs here, although he is playing well. He's playing great, isn't he? He's gained strokes on approach in five of seven? No, seven of eight, Gain a, gaining a ton off the tee. The Masters is the only place he lost. He lost three there. It's a pretty good it's a pretty good stat profile. I don't really care if he's leaving breadcrumbs or not. That's a golfer playing very well. Uh okay, that's my wife. She says, um, happy seven-year anniversary to rickrungood.com. That's true. It's this week. I think it was actually it might be t- it might actually be today. Uh, formerly known as DFSondemand.com. Yeah, I've basically done this every day for seven years. Update the data website. It's seen its evolutions. I was looking back at kind of the first. The first iteration of it today, and it made me blush with how horrible it was. And I hope that I look back in seven more years and say how horrible this video right now is. Like that would be that would be my goal. So thank you, dear. For large GPPs, are Kadira Armor or Brian good options if you want to play Thomas and Scheffler?
2: When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could handpick the best stars for your business team? If you're building your talent roster, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like matching, assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows that over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. And something that I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because candidates you invite to apply through instant match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in a search According to U.S. Indeed data, so join over three million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows that when you're growing your own business, you need to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com/slash/BlueWire to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire that's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply cost per application pricing not available for everyone need to hire you need indeed
1: uh i i'd probably like brian and kadira a little bit more uh a little bit of game theory on kadira because you got in late right i don't think people are going to be all that excited about him and i just i think he's gonna be very very low owed. and then wesley Bryan, who monday qualified into this you've got to be playing good golf when you Monday qualify. Now, I, I don't think this is a particularly great course for either one of these guys, but I, I probably prefer them over, over Ryan Armour there. <clears throat> Jim says, are there any plans to add PGA props to your awesome props tool? Uh, so that's, uh, Jim is referring to uh, rungoodprops.com. Here's a little sneak peek at it. It's basically where you can go and... Um, Find out all the props that are most likely to win the highest prop. Like this one, look at this one right here. So this is actually kind of crazy. So Tampa Bay, Shane McClanahan, who I've never heard of in my entire life, his pitching outs. So how many outs is he going to go? His line uh, at DraftKings Sportsbook is 16 and a half, which is what? So 17 outs would be five and two thirds innings is under 185. However, the line at prize picks is 17 and a half. So you actually have one more out of wiggle room and the under is already minus 185. Logan Gilbert pitching out 17 and a half. That's over 170. You put those together, 6.2% expected value. So that's literally how the site works. It's um, it's unbelievable what the edge you have. Like You can literally calculate an edge. And people are like, oh, th- th- that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, I- "I'm I- this isn't my opinion. It's literally just math that you have an edge when you take the biggest favorites over to price picks because price picks have, I got somebody was saying like, Oh, this is just the same as, as betting parlays. I'm like, uh, yeah, except there's guaranteed payouts on price picks, which changes the entire formula. I don't, I don't get why people like I'm not, this isn't my opinion. I don't care if you think I'm right or wrong. It's actually just the math back to Jim's question off of that rant. Yes. Um, yes, there's going to be a lot more props coming. There's going to be a lot more stuff coming. Uh, I think we're in week two, so I appreciate the support. But yes, they're coming. One spot to fill: Patton, Kazira, Luke List. I think you still have to go with Luke List. Any initial surprises with the PGA Championship DK pricing? No, it's always it's always similar in these major championships, right? It's a bit soft. There's always going to be a guy or two that everyone's going to flock to and say, "Hey, this is the most mispriced guy on the slate." You're also going to. Um, get a situation where someone like, like if someone who's playing this week wins, uh, that's going to cause a stir. Right. So uh, just, you know, keep an eye out for, for that stuff. But, um, I'll be doing a deeper dive. Uh, I, I've, I've done some, I, I love Southern Hills. I cannot wait to talk about Southern Hills. So I'll actually probably be releasing like a first look research thing. Um, probably Sunday, maybe. Maybe Friday, maybe Saturday. I don't know. We'll see soon. Who do you love for one and done? I'm saving Scotty probably next week. Yeah, so um, I, I would not mind Scotty. I wouldn't mind Speeth I wouldn't mind JT, to be quite honest with you. If you want to make up a little bit of ground, I think I love Neiman, right? Neiman is a statistically similar Will Zalatoris, and Zalatoris is much more popular this week because he's a Texan, right? Like that's literally the fact. Uh, if you needed to go further down the board, Taylor Gooch, like where else are you going to play Gooch and be super excited about it? I I don't know if there's a better spot where he can spray it off the tee, lean on the irons, get a little motivation from old Maxi Boy. Like it's a, it's it's a it's a home it's a it's a home week. It's a Gooch week. Any concerns about Sebastian Munoz after his WD at the RBC? I don't recall the reason for that. Uh, So generally, no, I do not. If he's playing this week, he's playing. Uh, Thanks, Rick, for the work. Best option between $7,100 and $6,800. So that would be basically Brendan Todd, David Lipsky, Patton Kazire down to Molinari, Lashley, Moore. Um, I would keep my eye on Steven Yeager. Uh, we talked about this last week, I think it was. He's he's been bad this year. He he's been bad this season. He he has played with Joel Damon. Got a little bit of. Uh, we talked about it before Zurich. Like maybe he just needs like a format change. Cindy played the Zurich. He went fifteenth in Mexico. 6th at the Wells Fargo. He's an accomplished court fairy player. He's very good. I watched him live a couple of times last season. Um, I, I, he he'd be someone I'm pretty pretty sneakily interested in. Uh, Hey Rick, can you explain the tournament predictor on the site? How accurate would you say that these numbers are? Okay. So the tournament predictor is a tool that is on the website that, uh, simulates the results of the golf tournament 1000 times. And then it shows you how often each golfer wins finishes inside the top 10, top five, top 20. Uh, then it actually compares it to the odds and shows you what the best bets are. How accurate is it? Um, we'll never know, right? Because I'm simulating the event a thousand times. It's only being played in reality once. Now I've back tested it and what I'll, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's always being tweaked. It's always getting smarter where basically um, it, it learns from itself, right? And it learns the types of golfers that win a lot or, or the characteristics of winning golfers. you will always kind of see like Sam Burns always is like a little bit higher than maybe you would think he is because the, the, the algorithm is like, okay, you know, three wins in 13 months. Uh, this, these are the attributes. These are the key indicators of things that allow guys to, to win the other. So, and, and I, and I have a, uh, I have a spreadsheet somewhere that, that shows like, you know, of the golfers who are projected pro, projected to win over X percent of the time, how often are they winning? So I could pull that out. But the the problem with that is, no one else is going to give me their information. So, like, I might think those are really good, but I don't know what the rest of the industry is up to or if anybody really cares. So take it for what it's worth. I use it a lot in helping finding uh betting value, and it's been it's been pretty successful. Um, I'm 10th in the Rick Run good one and done. Wow, that's pretty good, Brian. Have a lot of guys left, like Burns or Xander. Either is fine. I, I mean, I guess. I guess you're more likely to use Xander later. So you could use Burns, but they're both great and you're in 10th and you, either one of them would probably be considered front running. And I wouldn't mind either. Is the purse large enough to feel good about using JT here, or saving him for later? Um, I believe Justin Thomas needs a win more than just about any of the top guys. And I think that he's been very, very close. And I think that he's basically the best player of 2022 that doesn't have a win. And it's 1.6 million up top is he uh, you know if his expected value in this tournament where there's uh seven of the top 15 and 1.6 at the top is that is 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 his expected value better than next week when it's 2.1 million up top but the top 100 players in the world are there like it's probably higher this week his EV just like if you simulated the event a thousand or million times uh so I I I think JT's a great spot here Hey, Rick, thanks for all the content. Could you do a deep dive on Brandon Wu? Yeah, we have spent a lot of time on Brandon Wu over the course of the past couple of weeks, but just for just for kicks, let's go back. Missed the cut last week, right? So here's Brandon Wu. Missed the cut last week to Wells Fargo, but it's basically because he lost two strokes putting, uh, which is something he has not done since Pebble, and it's something he's only done twice in his PGA tour career is generally a pretty good putter. So this is probably a decent bounce back spot for him. And also, um, again, I'd prefer you comp. They're not perfect comps, obviously, but I, I would much rather look at Mexico open results for guys with small sample sizes than I would Wells Fargo results. So that's another checkbox for Brandon. Will so fire away. Who is your pick to win the Stanley cup? I don't even know if I know who's like, in it still. Let's go with um I assume the lightning are pretty good and still involved. Let's go with them. Hi, Rick. Uh had to find an alternate for Brooksy's WD. Who would you prefer? Hadwin and Gooch? Hadwin or Gooch? Hadwin. I can't read. Who do you prefer over Hadwin and Gooch? Adam, I don't know if I I don't even know if I know what this question is asking. So you don't you can't use Brooks anymore. Have you already narrowed it down to Hadwin and Gooch and you want me to tell you if someone's better than that or do you want me to choose between? I Just play Gooch. I think Gooch is the answer. I am typically a cash single-entry player and for the first time, I'm heavily uh, considering speed. This just feels like a speed beat to me and I don't worry about motivation for him. Fire away. Does Lashley fit here? Uh, I like Lashley. Do you worry at all about the toe injury? I think that's what he cited when he withdrew. He was kind of already out of it, so maybe not, but I do think it's a good buy low for... Speeth answered that question. How do you decide on a type of build stars and scrubs versus balance? And what are you factoring in a preferred build type when you make a course core cascading? Um, core cascading is kind of, of a completely different beast. So I, I factor in a lot of, a lot of different things, but just so, so what I look at here is, uh, you know, how much ownership is going to be at the top of the board and how many guys do I have to fade? There are sometimes, uh, when you're going balanced, like if you're not taking a top 10 guy where there's like seven 10 K guys, and you're really worried, you're really worried about all of them burning you. Um, you know, I, I, let, let me just build a, build a path here for fading the 10 Ks. I'm not saying this is what's going to happen, but is it realistic to think that Scotty Scheffler, who's gaining 2.1 strokes per round, uh, over the, like a tiger esque number of strokes over his last 25 is not going to gain that every single week. That's pretty reasonable right even if he gains 1.3 and he finishes t11 then fading him was probably the answer uh justin thomas who hasn't won in what now 15 months is it maybe it's longer than that um and will be heavily owned again if he finishes t8 a fade was probably the right play. DJ, who we've seen good and bad from, and he didn't play at Craig Ranch, and he hasn't played this event in 20, uh, since 2017. Could you see him not playing well? Sure. And then Jordan Spieth is just a maniac. So like, when I start looking, there are weeks where you're like, holy crap, there's no way that Rory's going to suck here. Or there's no way that so-and-so is going to suck here. Like, they're just not. Like, was going to shred this place. Something like that. So I look at that. And then I kind of look at kind of the pivots here. Like well, if I started the 9K range, what could I get access to? Could I get access to legitimate win equity if I started with Hideki and Xander? Yeah, maybe I could. Could I get that? And then what's the drop off? Because sometimes you're gonna drop off at like the 15th, the 15th highest price player, and you're like, Well, I I don't want any of these guys. So there, there's just a lot going on. Uh I don't, I'm sure there's not a right answer, but that's kind of the way that I do it. When cascading, what's more of a priority? Start with six guys you love. Deal with difficult swapping issues or six golfers with good pivots. Start with six guys you love. They're going to be in 16 out of 20 of your lineups. So you've got to start with six guys you love. You have to work as hard as possible on one single lineup that you love. As hard as possible. And it doesn't matter how much money's left over. I don't care if it's a thousand. I don't care if it's nothing. I don't care what the pivots are. You've got to start because that's 16 of your 20 lineups are those guys. You've got, you've got to go there. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. Math matters everywhere, which is a sentiment that I certainly agree with Scott Piercy. Um, Piercy's been low key, pretty good. I'm glad you brought this up. I wrote him up for golf digest earlier in the week. So, uh, This was a very uncharacteristic stretch for Scott Piercy from farmers to the players championship where he lost basically multiple strokes on approach in six straight. That's insane. He's usually a very good approach player. Looks like he's bouncing out of that. And now he's got a T12, a 21st, a 33rd and a 37th seems to be back to hitting it. Well, actually the putter has been pretty decent. He's kind of marrying two of the things that we were hoping he would marry for a really long time. Um, And it's turning into some results. So I I do not mind that one single bit. I I, I like that. Hey, Rick, do you think Phil will show up at the PGA to to defend and purposely miss the cut to get the heck out of there? No. Uh, He will not purposely miss the cut. He might miss the cut, but not on purpose. I believe he will... I believe he will defend. I believe he will play. That will be the only event that he plays. And then he will go and play the live golf league, uh, the the event in London. That is, that is my current guess. I've answered a couple of these, so I'm going to roll past them. Hey Rick, have you ever had success in a large GPP with only five of six making the cut? How about six of six without first or second? Uh, yeah. So you can, the the five out of six making the cut is almost impossible. You basically have to have the winner at a very low ownership, like 1%. If you have a 1% winner and you might have to have a couple other low guys and you've got to have a really, uh, low six of six number, it's just so hard to pass up guaranteed points and make that up everywhere else. Um, so there's a very stars aligning situation that gets a five of six to the top of GPPs, um, a six of six without first win, that wins more often than you think. Cause there have actually been times where, uh, it probably happens twice a year or three times a year where the winner of the tournament is not the highest scoring draft Kings player. Um, it usually happens on harder weeks because a guy will make a lot of pars win it eight or nine under and someone else will make more birdies or sneak an eagle in finish second in the tournament, but have made more draft Kings points. It happens like three times a year. So that, that path is much more likely. Uh, is Alex Norin a solid pick with ownership? I have Alex Noren at 11.2%, which would make him on the higher end of the upper sevens him with, with, with McNeely. Uh, but because he's between McNeely and Hadwin, I think all of those guys are kind of going to get left behind a little bit. And if you could forgive, um, you know, the Alex Norin miscut at the Zurich, which you could write off the Zurich because it's a team event. He's been pretty darn good. And he had a top 25 here last year. So yeah, fire away. What are some of your favorite contests on DraftKings? What are some that you pray, pl- regularly play? And what are your favorite contests uh, for low stakes, like $10 or less? Okay. So my favorite contests are always the single entries that pay two times to the first payout spot and generally pay uh, like 10% to the winner. So if it's a 50,000 guarantee, 5,000 to the winner. That's the best payout structure, in my opinion, and single entry guarantees that I'm on a level playing field. Um the, the best low stakes contest, in my opinion, is the $3 birdie. That's the 20 max in which I generally core cascade or like, like it's not, it's not prohibitive, super prohibitive to even enter five lineups or 10 lineups, or obviously I would hope you'd enter 20, but if you don't want to spend $60 on it and you only want to spend 30 on it, it it's not, you're not at a huge disadvantage. There is, um, I have zero, zero, obviously zero affiliation with Roto grinders, but there is a uh, Roto-Grinders plugin for Chrome that will show you all of the um, the payout structure in the lobby of DraftKings. So you could be scrolling through and see, hey, this is a 2X payout for first. This has an overlay. This is how much the top 10 uh, positions are getting paid out. It's a very handy tool. And I obviously have no affiliation with them. So you should probably just check it out. <laughs> that's a first cut podcast question from Scott. If C is one week off, then does that make SEPA must play for one and done? If he's one week off? Yes. Oh boy. Okay. Hi, Rick, forgive me if this is already on your site, but help me out and show us under the hood. How is projected ownership determined specifically? What data do you scrape and aggregate? Okay. So I, I mean, I've been doing this for seven years, so um, I could talk about this for literally seven more years. Uh, I don't scrape anything. Right. So I have an official deal with the PGA tour. So I get all my data from the PGA tour and everything's on the up and up. Okay. Let's get that out of the way. Um, There, I do key indicators. There are a million ways you can do this, and and, uh, no one's going to tell you all of their secrets. But I will tell you that over the last seven years, I have developed a system in which I look at key indicators of not only golfers, but also of user behavior. How are people treated as the highest owned golfer? How are they treated as a golfer in the sandwich pricing? How are they treated after a miscut or going to a course where they've won before? There's like a hundred key indicators. And each one of them is ranked and valued differently so that um, I can get pretty good at the way that the pricing and the ownership is going to come out. I I mean, I I could spend nine hours talking about that. Hey, Rick, you're the best in the biz. Thank you. Smash the like button, people. That's a good idea. Who would you play in a GPP, Gooch or Vegas? Uh, Probably still Gooch because there's not a huge difference in ownership. Like, it, I have a 6% difference right now. If it's only 3%, I'd probably just prefer Gooch. Rick, you're the man. As always, stars and scrubs are more of a balanced build. I opted for balanced. Love the content, Rick's still on Smotherman. Hard not to be, right? He's been a great ball striker. I can pull up the smotherman stuff. And he he kind of rewarded us last week for um for going back to him. Now, I, I wish this was more like TPC Potomac in that um I wish that his his driver, the off the tee game, was more rewarded by narrow, difficult to hit kind of fairways, which is what we saw. Like right, like this is the perfect this is the perfect smotherment stat line. Gain five and a half in the ball striking categories, lose around the green, and hope to find two strokes with the putter. If you gave me that this week, I'd be thrilled. Um, I, I I wish it was more like. Potomac instead of like Vedanta, but listen, he rewarded us last week for going back to him. I'm happy to continue going back to him. I'm hoping to find what that upside is. Oh, I just lost my spot. YouTube does that sometimes. Hold on. I'm sorry. YouTube sometimes skips me to the end of the questions and I'm always way behind. So I'm going to try to find my spot here. Um so Joshua asked about Matt McNeely and is there value on it outright? I think McNeely's going to win a lot. A lot is a subjective. Um I don't know when it's going to be. Right? So I'm going to have a lot of McNeely exposure. I think that um there are probably better spots for him than this one. But I'm I'm so bullish on him that it's hard for me to find like, oh, this is definitely a good spot for him outside of like Pebble Beach. So I'm just going to be part of the Matt McNeely success whenever it happens and 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 be happy about it. I'm not sure this is a great week to bet him. Uh where do you think Spieth is on strokes gains? Gives up bleep before a major. Uh hey, Evan. You know Jordan Spieth, unfortunately, cares too much about everything. So if he's teeing it up, and he's teeing it up in Texas, he is there too. The dude cares about every shot. He is the ultimate grinder. He cares. Uh, Is your site just DraftKings, or do you have FanDuel stuff also? I used to have a little bit of FanDuel stuff, and no one used it. So I got rid of it. In theory, though, the vast majority of the website is just golf data, right? And you can easily find good golfers and power rankings and who plays well on the golf course, and then use those golfers however you want—Fanduel, DraftKings, Jock Market, Prize Picks, whatever you want—and um, you can go from there. Uh, which also reminds me, so I, um, I started using Juice Reel. And the guys over at juice reel are, are, are pretty slick. So, so I always track my outrights in a spreadsheet, which is fine. And then I can do whatever I want with it, but I wanted something that I could sync sports books to. So that's what, that's what juice reel does. So you can sync sports books. They're building out their golf stuff. I know the other sports are are more advanced, but they're building out the golf stuff. And, uh, what you could also do is you can also get insights of like Hey, the the guys so so since there's something really interesting where because they have the sportsbook data sync, they know who the winners and the losers are and it can actually just tell you who the sh- like what side the sharps are on, not who they are, but like what side are the sharps on on these games, which is better than just looking at the money coming in and saying that's like that's where the sharp side is because it's probably not true just because you bet a lot doesn't mean you're a winner. So they, I don't know. I think they have some really interesting analytics and some stuff um, some stuff brewing. And I, I like the team over there, and I hope that they get bigger. Uh, I think I have a link in the description for it. I'm hoping. I'm waiting for Armina to tell me. Yes. Yes, we do. Um, so download it there and support those guys. I think they're doing a good job. Apparently, you might have to refresh if you don't see the link. Armina's texting me right now. Congrats on seven years. Thank you. I seem to remember you talking about evidence that you shouldn't avoid higher owned players. Will you eventually go into this? Also, what sunglasses were you talking about the other day? Okay, we've got a lot. to We've got a lot to unravel here. I was I was saying that you shouldn't. Oh, you know what? I did a, a 300 yards unknown podcast where I looked through data theories and I believe I'd have to go back and, and watch that episode or look at my sheets that um, chalk came through, right? Chalk was chalk was uh, depending on how you slice it, gaining more draft Kings points to the field than similarly priced. Uh, non-chalk guys, the industry is getting better at identifying chalk. I believe is what the, what the consensus was the sunglasses that i was talking about the other day and again i do not get paid to talk about this are called gooder i believe it is g o o d r um those are the ones that sergio garcia wears that's that's how that came up the other day and i had conversations with them they sent us a couple of pairs they're 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 great they're like cheap knockaround glasses which i i like um but we never came to a deal so i'm not getting paid for this but gooder and if Go go tell them I sent you or something. I don't know. They're, they're pretty nice. Why is this being portrayed as a bomber's course? Uh, last year's leaderboard didn't necessarily show that. I don't know who is portraying this as a bomber's course. I'm portraying it as a, you can be wayward off the tee. Now, if that happens to be a bomber, fine. Now, distance is always better than no distance. Uh, I believe this is a second shot bogey avoidance course or a three-putt avoidance course uh big greens tend to help better approach players because you got to hit the right spot you got to hit the right spot i i believe that's what this is so richard i don't know who's been portraying this as a bomber's course uh what stat are you putting more emphasis on putting or approach one million times over the answer is approach For whatever reason may just be the eye test, I always see Joaquin struggling with long irons. Any evidence to support that? So, um I can get you better evidence uh offline here. I don't have it built into a tool yet, but it's something that I'm that I'm working on that I could I could tell you, but I don't I hate the buckets Eli, but here you go. He's 10th from 125 to 150, 20th from 150 to 175, 21st from 175 to 200, that's pretty darn good. From 200 to 225, he's not very good, 134th, but I mean, he's pretty good from 190, right? Um, I would say he's probably better than your eye test is leading on, but I'm, I might be able to get a better answer for you if you give me a couple of days of, of research time. The Kepka WD makes you more or less inclined to play him at Southern Hills. That's a really good question. Is there any injury to think he? Uh, is there any reason to think he has an actually an injury? Yes, because um, uh, we knew about this injury, or we knew that he tweaked it. Uh, was it at the Masters? When's the last time we saw him? I think it was his, it's his back or something. I can't remember the exact details, but we knew about this. I would be. The same amount of incline to play Um maybe a little less. I would go from like a five to a four. Hey Rick, love your vids. Can you run another custom model? Yeah, sure. Let's just let's just do that. So custom model, RickRungood.com. Let me try to zoom in here a little bit. All right. Uh so if you didn't get the projected ownership stuff, click reset at the top. So let's do last. 16 rounds. Um, let's do the last 24 rounds. Let's go with, oh uh, boy, all right. What do we want to do here, guys? Let's call it uh, birdie or better, 25. Let's call it um, 15 on distance, 10 on accuracy. That's my own weighted off the tee stuff. Let's do nothing around the green. Let's do uh, 15 on putting, and I want a lot on approach. And we'll we'll do we can do standard approach. That's fine. That's 25 there. So that leaves us with 10. I would put 10 on maybe the fives. You got uh, maybe the fours. There's more fours. Let's just do let's just do it on the fours. Okay. And I think I've got all that set and we will sort by value. My number one golfer is Scotty Scheffler. JT two, Sam Burns, three, Hideki four, Xander five, Johnny freaking Vegas is six. DJ, then McNeely is nine. Gooch is, sorry, McNeely's eight. Gooch is nine. Neiman is 10. Kitty 13. I'm just looking for like the value guys. Kitty 13. Speed is 22nd in that model. That's a little bit scary. Anybody else of note? Just kind of scrolling through here. Hmm. Interesting. I'm going to lose a lot of money on Neiman this week. Uh, okay. So I, now, I'm, now I'm getting people following up to uh, other questions. So now it's finally clicking. Some Some of these things that I read earlier are finally cl- clicking. I can't even tell if this is a real question or not. Um, hey, Rick, can you do a deep dive on Justin Leonard? I don't know if that's a joke or not. Uh, no. He's playing, for, he's playing for the first time like, since 2017. Can you do a quick rundown on why ownership matters? Sure. So here's the argument for, all right, let's say, let's make it really, really simple. Um, half the time, Scotty Scheffler is going to win the golf tournament. And half the time, he's going to miss the cut half the time Jordan Spieth is going to win the golf tournament and half the time he's going to miss the cut. If Scotty Scheffler is 75% owned and Jordan Spieth is 10% owned, the 50% of the time that Scotty Scheffler wins the golf tournament, 75% of people are going to be very happy. Half the time he wins, 75% of people, or half the time he misses the cut, 75% of people are going to be very unhappy when Jordan Spieth wins the golf tournament half the time and 10% of those people are now the only 10% that have him as the winner, they have a significant edge on the rest of the field. So basically all you're doing is, is saying what percentage of the time is this golfer or this player or this at like whatever going to do X and the times that he doesn't do X, how many people are going to be upset with that. How many people are going to play themselves out of it? That percentage of the time. So there is an argument to be made that once you get to like 27, 28% ownership in golf, which is a very, very volatile sport, you cannot roster a guy because more often more he is going to frequently uh, disappoint you uh, and ruin the week for those 28% of people. than he is going to cash. Right there's just like there's a million different scenarios, but I hope that that helps. Hey, Rick, big fan of the new prop site. Can we talk a bit about some of the features you'll be adding to it? Um, A ton of new lines and props. uh, More mobile friendly. Ideally, so what we've started to do is so storing all of the 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 props so that we can eventually go back and say, okay, well, props with this score have won 70 percent of the time props with this score have won 50 percent of the time uh i would also like to have a spot where it would be easier to um like track like for everything that i put in like have it all in one spot so i can so so that when the games start i can go back and track it uh rungoodprops.com we also talked about a way where when you build your entry at rungoodprops.com that you could just go and put it in at Prize picks they don't want that. I, 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 um, without giving away too much information, I'm, I'm quite privy to, to, to us at, at Prize Picks. We're winning a lot. We're winning a lot. I'll leave it at that. We're winning a lot. Use the code Rick. Go sign up at Prize Picks. Go sign up at Rugged Props, because they they're, they're going to have to change the payouts at some point. They're going to have to. But we will take advantage until they do. A lot of questions about Smotherman, which we which we covered. A lot of questions about Luke List, which we've covered. Um, Hey, Rick, ever play Prim Valley? Used to play there often and miss it. No, but I drive by it a lot. Thoughts on Champ pivot off Chalky Hadwin. I don't mind it. I don't love it, but I don't mind it. Uh, again, just hope you get the Mexico performance, right? Give me one of those. Oh God, it jumped on me again. Okay. Anybody stand out as great bent grass putters? Well, that is uh, data-driven and we can just look at that right now. So go to the Holy Grail. I like to look at like the last four years because some of these guys you'll get where it's like, oh yeah, they were great from 2018 to 2013 on bent grass. And then let's go to uh, more filters. Bent Whoops. Bent grass. Why can't I click bent grass? Whoops. There we go. Sometimes when I share my screen, my thing tweaks out. All right. Of guys with decent sample sizes, Snedeker, 58 rounds, gaining 0.8 strokes per round on, on Benkrest. Bo Hosler, 54 rounds, 0.66. Poulter, uh, 0.64. These are just guys in this field. Shank, Norin, Spieth, warensky Putnam, Kokrak, Lonto, all the guys I'm going to lose money on. Uh, I answered a lot of these hey Rick do you worry about the future of golf generally if live golf tour succeeds long term and all fields get watered down mm. if live golf is a raging success it would probably be good for golf right anytime that you inject uh a ton of money into anything if if tomorrow they offered million for the person who could butter a bagel the best, you would have people quitting their jobs and spending their lives dedicating themselves to buttering bagels. That's what would happen. And that has been true in every industry uh, since the dawn of time. So if that tour is a success, it would probably be good for golf. That is obviously ignoring where the money's coming from, which I find hard to do. Um, but that is also not the only way to grow the game. You know, if, if, uh, what I actually think could happen is this, I believe that the live golf, um, uh, invitational, what is it called? International invitational. I believe that is going to hurt the, uh, DP world tour, the European tour in the short term, because you're going to have a lot of guys who, who, who take advantage of that, right? Guys that only have Euro tour status that are trying to get to the PGA Tour for not only livelihood, but for like whatever, they're going to be very uh, enticed by, by, by the purses. And I believe it will weaken the DP World Tour. What I then believe will happen is that the PGA Tour will... Uh, essentially fully acquire a depressed asset in the DP world tour. And then the PGA tour will then create what is essentially a worldwide tour. Uh, and whether that is where everything, where they run two simultaneous tours and everything is, I don't want to say co-sanctioned anymore because it's the PGA tour it would all be PGA tour stuff, but you could, you could, realistically have eighty events on a PGA tour schedule. Um you could give out lower FedEx cup points over there or the same. I don't know. You could then I mean you could even almost do it like an AFC NFC have the winners come together. I mean, that's what I think is going to end up happening. We'll see. David says, Hey Rick, when do we get to see some simulator footage? Soon. Hope to have you back on the course soon. Love that content. Thank you. Time to bring in some guests. Uh, some guests. First cut scramble. Um, I've got the simulator up and running. I'm loving it. I am just practicing honestly right now. But I just bought a mount. So what I was planning on doing was putting a little camera, um, just behind right, so you can see down the line and so that you can see everything. I just got the mounts for that. So now I just have to install it and do that. So I'm hoping very soon, uh, you are gonna get some simulator content Willie Z or burns in a one and done depends on your position. The answer is probably burns. Good point. Eli says, remember when people said Rom didn't care about Mexico, the players uh, can't predict when they are going to play. Well, therefore we can't predict when they're going to care. Agree. um, I've answered a lot of these, so I'm going to just keep scrolling here. We are in overtime, but give me just a second. I don't want to leave these. Am I a psychotic Oklahoma State homer for including Wolf in my core? I'm justifying it with ownership reasons by having both Burns and Willie Z in there. Uh, the good news for Burr, or for Wolf is um, he can hit it anywhere, and he can make a lot of birdies. And honestly, okay. Real quick, I know we're in overtime, but you guys don't care, right? You just want more content. Okay. If you want to take Solace in like the tiniest of breadcrumbs from Wolf, uh, him gaining two and a half strokes on approach is the most that we've seen him gain since he finished runner up at the Shriners and his stat profile from Wells Fargo was eerily similar to that of the Shriners where he actually lost off the tee and was good everywhere else. The only difference is he putted a lot better at Shriners. Um, now he was able to carry that into at least another week or two after that, the last time he's done this. So I, um, no, I mean, you, yes, you might be a psychotic Oklahoma state Homer, but it's not, the worst time to 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 play wolf. Did you improve on the golf course right after your wedding, or did you get significantly worse? <laughs> uh, I think I got better. Have you ever considered a lifetime membership cost? I'd be interested. Um, what what would I charge? Right. So I so the site's two hundred bucks a year. I've been doing it for seven years. I assume the website has another seven years in it. So that would be like 1400. Uh, what if I charged a thousand? I don't know. I don't know what I would even try. What? And what if I do it for 30 years? I don't know. What is there going to be, are there going to be computers in 30 years? Or am I just going to be, uh, sending the data directly to your brains? How is is it going to be Rick, Rick run your brain.com? Like what's going to happen? I don't know. How are you liking the simulator so far? Freaking love it. Uh, have you compared the weekly optimal lineups versus the big DK tourney winning lineup? Any lineup uh, construction or ownership trends? Uh, I have this somewhere. I don't have it off the top of my head, but I will tell you the there are usually like a hundred optimal lineups that that could have been built before we get to the winning lineups. It's just they're just not even close, and they always leave way more money on the table than uh, the winning lineups do. All right, I think we're done. That was fun. There were some good questions. I didn't have to uh tell anyone they asked a crappy question and, and all that good stuff. So it was a lot of fun. Listen, um, we've got the overlap with the PGA championship, right? So there's gonna be PGA championship content this week, probably Saturday or Sunday will be like some research that I've been doing, some course stuff, some trends. Um It's going to be a lot of fun. Actually, I'll be at the win tomorrow recording it. If you guys, if anybody's going to be at the win tomorrow, Uh, but that's, that'll be fun. And then of course we'll do just full on PGA championship, major championship stuff. I can't believe it's here. Um, Otherwise, jock market power hour tonight. Do that. Uh, Go sign up for prize picks. Go sign up for rungoodprops.com. Download the juice reel app. I I think those guys are onto something and I want to support them. And, um, and then let's get that cash. Uh, See ya.